Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time to bring some information on the experience of getting through the loss of a beloved pet. And it's, it's an opportunity for us to share a lot of the, the wisdom that we collected and we put in our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. As Nancy and I led pet loss groups for many years, Nancy for many years, even beyond my experience. And so this is a, an opportunity to bring that kind of information to you and to have a conversation. We welcome your input, your comments, your questions. And tonight is a particularly somber night because Nancy's dear pet pug, Molly, died just two days ago, not even two days ago, actually. And so we're going to talk some about Molly's story and loss and some of, the, some of the reactions that we're both having to that, some of the stories that we actually share about other losses. And I also just want to thank the people on the Prue Crew group at uh, Facebook for all the, the hugs and acknowledgments, seeing the posting of this program. So Nancy, why don't, why don't you start and tell us about what happened? You know, it's interesting because we have worked with people who have lost their animals for years, and mm -hmm. yet we as people have lost our animals. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a similar, obviously, experience that we go through. Um, and it depends on how we grieve and as to many different factors. Uh, but I do want to tell the story of Molly. Unfortunately, I've been through this seven times since I've been an adult. I have seven little teapots on my piano, they all are cremated and they all have their own special little teapot um, that fits their personality. Um, so Molly will be our my eighth. And here's little Molly. I'm going to show you Molly. There she is. Ah, little girl. She is beautiful. Say. Um, but um, yeah, she was older. I mean, I think what happens is sometimes, and I really want to emphasize this, that it's so nice to have a puppy and a young dog or a young kitty and, and, a, and, a, and a young cat, but they do get old. And so they, quickly, right? So quickly. And my, my deepest condolences on your loss again. Thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, you watch them kind of fade away a little bit, right? They They all of a sudden can't walk as well or they... They, they lose their eyesight or they become deaf or they, they, they you know, sometimes, you know, develop some really difficult diseases, you know. Yep. Um, Molly uh, was 14. Um, she was one of four. We had mom Rosie and daddy Jack is still alive. Uh, but Hank, her brother died in 2019 and Rosie, mommy died in 2020. So now we're into 2021. 20, I did say to my husband, it's going to be one a year, you know, unfortunately, because of age, when they're especially when they're all around the same age. Um, 
So uh, Molly was, as I said, 14. She was slowing down. You know, she her hips were down a little bit. She couldn't see. She loved to eat, though. Pugs loved to eat. So I knew that she was okay when she was eating. She would actually run. She would walk, but she'd run, you know, when she wanted to get food. Um, however, about, I don't know, a week or so ago, maybe a little less than a week or a little over a week, she developed a cough um, that was pretty significant. And um, she had had some interactions with my daughter's uh, new puppy. Um, and I think that she had barked a lot. So we thought, well, maybe that's just a reaction to the barking. But it was consistent and it was deep. So we ended up taking her to um, an emergency room to, and she was hospitalized. Um, they didn't really know what it was. And I think part of that is also, you know, the frustration of, and it's not their fault, vets do the best they can, but sometimes you yep. can't tell what's really going on with, with, with yep. the animal, even if, even a professional. And so they were kind of like, we don't know, it might be bronchitis. Um, they did a full exam, they did some x-rays, um, they kept her for two days. Um, and so they sent us home with, uh, an antibiotic and, um, an anti-nausea drug, although she didn't really need that and steroids. And of course that's so usual to have steroids given. So, um, but she still was coughing. So after a day or so and a half, of, of the coughing, we called and said, is there anything that she can have for coughing? Because she's up all night, you know, she's, we're up all night. And they said, well, um, we don't usually for bronchitis, but let me talk to the vet. And the vet said, no, 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 fine. We'll get you something. So, um, so for a day we gave her, you know, all of her medications, including the cough medication. But, you know, time is so weird, but um, two days ago, um, she was fine in the morning and I went to help her down from a step from the kitchen into the family room. And all of a sudden she, she lost it. She couldn't, she went, I, I didn't know if it was a seizure. I didn't know if it was a stroke. She couldn't stand up. Her arms were, her legs were, you know, kind of thrashing around her eye, her head was off. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so she's, so I, that was, I thought, I thought she was having a stroke. So I grabbed, I said to my husband, we gotta go. Um, we went to the vet. Um, they saw her right away. Um, and of course, you can't go in. Yeah, that's another, unfortunately, with COVID, you can't really go right in. Right now, yeah. Or, and they said, no, we think it's vertigo. Um, which older dogs get, which I was not aware of. Um, no, I, I'm not aware of that that either. Yeah. So Nose. they what happens is she wanted to keep rolling. They say they because it's on one side, I guess, and they want to keep rolling on that side. So they hospitalized her again, um, and we went through the day. And at night, you know, she still wasn't great. Now they had told us that vertigo sometimes takes a long time to go away. And if they can't eat because of the, of the vertigo creating them to be nauseous and they can't stand and they can't walk, they can't be discharged. So they said, not that, that they wanted to keep them, but meaning 
they would have to be able to do that at home. So, um, and that could mean hospitalization for weeks. Wow. Or a, or a month or so. And of course, I mean, that we knew right then there was no way we could do that, nor would it be a quality of life. Right. Yeah, that would be horrible. In a cage and, you know, yeah. just taken care of. And so we're anticipating now, well, it's going to happen unless in less than 24 hours or 48, another 24 hours that she would be okay or be able to do that, to be able to stand any. So I was telling Ken uh, before we started that around four, I don't know, I usually get up to use the bathroom around 4.30, 5 o'clock. It's pretty usual for me. I got up and I saw a reflective light coming from the window, but there was no moon. And the street light never works that way. It's down a little further. And I'm looking at it. I noticed it. And I'm saying, and I said to myself, oh my God, that's probably a sign. And I got back into bed and at 545, I got the call that she had died. And so it, it, I, I was not shocked. Of course, I was sad. And I was like, oh my yeah. God. Well, we could have anticipated this, although we were in, we were more anticipating that we would have to make a decision to yeah. utilize, right? Yeah. So, she, I, the doctor said she declined very quickly. She had her medications and just declined and stopped breathing. Um, and I said, "Now I feel bad that I wasn't there." You know, sure. you're, yeah. you're not there. Yeah. Yep. And so she said, but I, she said she was comfortable. She had already had you know, some medication to make her comfortable. Um, so they did say, do you want to come see her? And we did come and see her. Um, and of course it was overwhelmingly sad. Yeah. Um, so it, it was weird because I, we've had six euthanasias. And one, and our first dog died at the hospital, like Molly did. And so we were so used to being able to kind of even know how hard it was that we could control that in some in some ways that we, yeah. well, this is well, how we'll do it. This is where we'll do it. This is, you know, and yeah. you, you're, you would be able to, to plan out the use right. of yeah. um, So, and I was also feeling a little guilty about was this all, this, this series of episodes created by the agitation with being with a puppy for a while. Mm -hmm. And then that made me feel, should we let that happen? You know, which is hard. I mean, it's, I love the little guy. He's cute. He's, he's real cutie, but he's only a puppy. It's not his fault, you know, yeah, but should it, it happened. So, um, so we have made arrangements and next week we go to a particular crematory uh, animal um, cemetery, um, you know, um, in, in upstate New Jersey. And we will, we will watch the process um, and be, have some time with her, which we have done with every dog we've had, you know, in this particular place, they, they're wonderful people. Um, and, and we will have a formal, you know, you know, viewing and, and, you know, send her off, you know, um, but do you want to, do you want to share the, the place so that yeah, people I know mean, that they do a great job? They do. The, the place is, uh, called Abbey Glen 
and it's a uh, it's got many acres. Um, it's got a formal uh, it's a formal funeral home. Uh, yeah. um, when you walk in, it's like you walked into a funeral home for humans. Um, they have a little sign of who's going to be, you know, the viewings for, for the, they do two animals a day. Um, they have living rooms, you know, with beautiful pictures of animals and so forth. And, you know, because I had gone through such a time with my first dog um, who was cremated, but the, the company that cremated her at the time, and this was back in, in the late 80s, um, actually was a um, company that was not doing the appropriate things with ashes or with burials, which nobody oh, wow. knew at the time. And this came out. Yeah. Wow. So we've always gone, you know, to make sure that our, our, our beloved is, is the one going into you know, the, the, the crematory. So they have a little room, which is really beautifully appointed, nice little, you have a little couch, you know, and there's a window a kind of with doors where you open and they have your loved one, you know, laid out. They have a little pillow and a nice little blanket. I always bring roses, you know, I put in um, and you can spend as much time as you need. Um, and when you're ready, you know, you close the doors and there's there's a, you know, a button you can push. And then the window opens, it kind of, it's, it's foggy and the fog kind of goes away. The sheen goes away and you can see the crematory and they take, you know, they roll out, you know, um, your beloved and they, you can see them put, put it into the actual crematorium. Um, and then they close up and then you leave. And if you want to, you can wait for the ashes and take them home. Um, but it's it, they're so respectful and so kind yeah. and so, you know, involved with making you feel as supported as possible, even though it's such a hard thing to go through. Yeah. We, um, we had our Isabel cremated there. Oh, you did? And so, I mean, there was a lot that went on, right? I've had some guilt. Um, I'm definitely sad. I'm not, I'm not in denial. I mean, I knew yeah. that she was, it was her time at some point within, if, even if she didn't die, it was going to be a euthanasia. Um, she was not recovering from this vertigo, really. Um, and so we, the one thing that my husband and I have known for many years is that we've been very, very careful and understanding what the signs uh, are um, for uh, quality of life for our animals. Uh, yeah. We have been very lucky that we've never had guilt about any euthanasia that we've done um, because we have really talked together about what we will, what quality of life means to us and, and, so that we can make sure that there's no suffering. Um, in this case, she died, um, which was fine. That was that was what she wanted to do or had to do. Um, so, but there is a little bit of guilt about not being there. I think that's my first dog. That was hard for me that I wasn't there. Yeah. And so, and anticipating this, okay. So going through anticipatory loss, you know, we knew then when she had this vertigo that it was, it was imminent at some point soon. Um, and at first we thought she was going to die then, 
Yeah. Right, right. When she was doing that struggling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it is there was a sign. I do believe that I had a sign that she was yeah. telling me that she was leaving. And um, so, you know, that kind after the fact, I said, well, that's that was comforting. I mean, at least she told me that she was ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, it's something I appreciate you sharing the story. And, and that's I mean, it's an important that. You know, that you have the plan that you have and that you, you kind of know you have a ritual, like, you know yes, what you yeah. want to do when, when one of your animals passes. And that's, that's good to have that structure. And, and I, again, I appreciate you sharing. We've been in communication yeah, I since know. Then I mean, to decide I, whether or not we could do this or I could do this. Um, yeah. I was pretty messed up yesterday. I'm so, mm. of course, still sad. Um, yeah. I am also very Anglo and I am also a therapist. So, and I've, you know, so yeah, I could pull it together to some degree. Um, but I think that, that I was uh, also, Ken and I, you were talking about our experience together, yeah. which you didn't quite remember, but you, years ago. <laughs> I think that might be a gender thing. I don't know. I'll certainly remember our, our little Henry, but I know. Right. So Ken had a cockatiel. And I had rescued a cockatiel named Tweety, and Ken had Henry. And, Henry. and I had him at college for quite a while, and then I had him when I left college. Yeah. And so something happened, though, and you said that you couldn't keep him anymore. You wanted a new home. I, I think it was the same kind of thing with the with the chinchilla that the uh, the landlord, my my wife and I at the time, were in an apartment in Queens, and. We had a chinchilla, we had a cockatiel, <clears throat> and the landlord, we thought the landlord knew about it, because I'm sure we talked with him about it beforehand, but I don't know if the building changed hands or something. But anyway, we had to, we, we couldn't have them anymore. We couldn't have our animals in the apartment. And so we had to rehome both of them. <clears throat> it was shortly after finishing college, actually. And also you had, Tweety. I had Tweety around. So, so, so I took you know, Henry, right? Yeah, so you took Henry because it seemed like it would be a good thing for everybody. Yeah. But Henry, and so Henry and Tweety were, you know, fine. We had them upstairs in a in a, in a room. We let them the, them out of the cage. They could, you know, walk around and fly around a little bit. I also had my pugs. I had two pugs at the time. Um, but Noelle was really not happy with birds. You know, she was, she was kind of very intrigued by them and, you know, she barked at them a lot. So we usually cut the door shut, obviously upstairs, the dogs were, even if they came upstairs, they couldn't get into the room. Um, so, but if they were downstairs, we'd leave the room open, you know, a little bit. So, um, I think my husband and his mother was there doing some work and unfortunately, she she took the gate that was on the stairs away, and Noelle took a beeline, you know, up the stairs. And she got into the room, and I, she startled both Tweety and Henry. And unfortunately, Henry flew into the wall and died. Yeah. And so I remember calling you because my, my husband was freaked out because his mother was freaked out. So he's like, don't say anything to my mother. And I'm like, so, 
I'm sorry. It was a little personal thing there. But um, <laughs> so I called Ken. I called you. <laughs> and, you know, we got together. We, we, we got Tweety. And I guess we had, I know where we were somewhere together. And yeah. it, it, we put him in a nice little box. With I some, remember that now as you say it. I'm you know, like with, like with velvet and something, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. And, and yes, yes. And, uh, and then remembering Henry more now. I mean, there have been so many animal friends. But he could say a few words and he would fly to you if you put your finger out because yeah. we would keep him on a perch most of the time. And he could go into his, into his cage, but he could also go back and forth between a couple of perches in a room and yeah. But we, so it was sad for both and of your us. Your mother-in-law killed him. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> she didn't mean to. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding, sorry. Um, but um, but I was upset, obviously. And, yeah, I, yeah. and my husband wasn't really connected to the birds. So, but I was upset. And so it was nice to be able to share you know, with you, his yeah. his death and the grieving around Henry. Um, and, and Tweety was Tweety. The other cockatiel didn't freak out, right? I she, well, she she may have freaked out, but she didn't get hurt. I mean, she didn't. Yeah. Now she and she lived for quite a while after that. I actually had, she developed a cold at some point, and I took her to one of the ER vets at the time, and they said, "I think you should euthanize her," and I said really? And so, well, we'll keep her overnight. So they did. It was around September 11th. That's when it was. Wow. And she, we, I came back and, and the next day and they said, well, she's okay, but you know, we suggest euthanization, euthanizing. And I said, wow. I said, no, if she's going to die, she's going to die at home. She lived another seven years. Wow. Yeah, my, you know, that it's very, this stuff is very tricky. It's very tricky. And my son and his wife had a cat who, one of the vets who they, they, they only saw this vet, I think, a couple of times, but second time the vet told them that they should euthanize their cat. And the cat lived for, they, they weren't going to do that, lived for about three years longer, I believe. And you've got to, you've got to make the, that decision with a vet who you really have a lot of faith in. And, and and then you collaboratively decide with people who are close to you. Well, that, that path, you've been down that right. path. Oh, that time. path. I mean, the problem is that when you go to an ER, you know, initially when you it's especially bad when you get to an ER, they're um, they're I mean they're learning. A lot of them are residents. Yeah. You know, uh, so they they're they're getting some feedback from veterinarians, but but we're not, you're not seeing a seasoned veterinarian. I, that's nothing against residents and how they're learning and they need, they yeah. have to go through this process, you know? Yeah. So, um, but you have to also trust your instincts or be with a, a veterinarian that you really trust. Yeah. You know? So let me ask you, how, how's Peter doing as well with the loss? He, he, he Molly was his, I mean, his. Uh, and so he's, He's been pretty broken up. I mean, we all we're both broken up, but but Molly was his uh, pug. You know, she she was very very attached to him, like Hank was to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's he's oh, we're okay. We're getting through. That was the other thing that I wanted to say. You know, it's sad and and we're distraught and we're crying and we got home, but we have two more dogs to take care of. 
Yeah. You know, we you have to get up. You yeah. have to take them out. You have to feed them. You know, you have to be with them. Jack's a little, he's a little more, I don't want to say upset, but he's hes a little more unsettled today. Yeah. He's always a little unsettled, but it's worse today, I think, mm. or yesterday and today. Um, so I'm, we're watching him. He wants to be with somebody all the time. He doesn't want to be alone. Um, and Ellie is here with me now. She's, <laughs> she's looking at me like, Oh, you're talking about and me. She's had her own really serious. Right. I mean, we just had surgery for her not that long ago. And it was fine. But um, but you have to get up and keep going. I mean, yeah. I you know, I still have clients I need to talk to. You know, yeah. you still have family members that you're involved with. And you know, it's you don't your your life can stop, but it can't. Yeah. You have to keep yeah. doing something. Yeah. I remember one time doing the pet loss group, facilitating the pet loss group, and one of my animals had died that that day or the previous day. Yeah. And it was just such this experience of compartmentalizing. Yeah. The uh, and you know, I did share it with them. That's right. At the same time. You said at the same time I had to be attentive to everybody. And you know, that's that's what that's what we all do. We we do the best we can with our work, with all of our responsibilities. And at the same time, we're encumbered with the sadness and it, and it certainly comes out. It generally comes out for me when there's moments where I'm not focused on something that I have to attend to. Right. And of course. Then, then you let yeah. your guard down. Oh, then it all comes out. Right. You let <clears> your and I think for anybody, especially whatever kind of work they do, um, for, for a therapist is kind of even more weird because you're grieving, but you, but you, and you can't share too much with your clients because yeah. they're not, because you're you're doing work for them and with their, what's going on with them, not what's right. going on with you, yeah. and yeah. so you know. But or if you're any kind of helping professional, exactly. right? I mean, any, right. Yeah, you're, right. Um, so, but everyone has that issue. I mean, yeah. what happens when your best, your best friend, your dog or cat die, and then you, and then you can't get time off from work and you have to go back to work. And so, I mean, I've had situations where people have actually taken a month, you know, weeks off. I mean, they just yeah. take medical leave because they, they can't tolerate the fact that they have to go back into work because it's a dog and they don't know how the people there are going to react. So they don't want to say anything. And yeah. So you know, it, it gets really complicated sometimes. Hopefully that's changing I know. in a big way. And, and I know that it is some places and it probably isn't in other places where people understand that this is really important. It's a very important loss when it happens. It's it, it finally in 1980 something, uh, pet loss made the trauma books, but it oh, took really? the early 80s. Yeah, yeah, it's late well, 80s, I think. <clears throat> it, it hasn't it hasn't caught on in some workplaces today. Either. No, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, you know, we will. We still love her. She is with us in our hearts. Course, yeah, it's like all of my other little 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 seventh teapot, you know, doggies are down there. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's something that. That you have that kind of ritual. That's that's really nice. It's really beautiful. Now I have to I have to pick out Molly's teapot now. So yeah, 
Yeah, which gives you also, it's a real, that's a really nice thing, I think, because it gives you a focus mm -hmm. and a way to, in a concrete way, even not only just spiritually and emotionally, but contain the experience and memorialize her, pick one out for her. Yeah. That sounds really beautiful. Yeah, thank you, John. And thank you for letting me share it. And I got through it okay. I wasn't, we talked, we weren't 100% sure of that. Was I would say we can do a lot of things. We can show an earlier one or I can talk some with a photo, but you did. Well, look, this is what you we shared do. with people. And that story is always, you know, people will relate to your story. Yeah. You know, it was, it, we knew it was coming. We didn't know when, but in the last couple of weeks, we knew it was a more imminent. And then she, she did it for us. Yeah. She left, she left her world. Well, I light a candle for her. Thank you. And that will be my ritual of remembrance. And I'll be thinking of you and Peter and your two little guys there as well. And, um, it's a hard thing. Ours, ours are going to be six. Our two dogs no. are going to be sixteen next month. Don't you worry? Them, Do you think about that all the time? Yeah, one of one of them has Isabel has congestive heart failure. She takes two medications. She takes five medications twice a day, and just keeps chugging along, doing you know doing okay. They sleep a lot because they're pretty old, but boy, they're they're active sometimes and. They're, they're great, you know, they're great little friends. And it's, it's something to have them for that long because exactly. they're just like, they're so much a part of us, you know? And I think, again, just to end, you know, you want to be present in all phases of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. so, you know, working at a, a, a vet for a while, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, so I want to euthanize them or I'll give them away or I'll let them go. Or, I mean, if you're the commitment needs to be for their whole life. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, that's what you they're living beings. They rely on you dependent. Yeah. They and if you. and if you and if things change, you have to make a contingency plan. Exactly. And your very best judgment is going to keep them safe and well for the duration of their natural lives. That's right. Yeah. So it's, you know, they do get old and, and they do die, unfortunately, yeah. some yeah. suddenly or by accidents and some through illness. So you want to love them up until the end. Yep. Yeah. So Nancy, I'm sending you my love and support and best wishes. And, and thank you to everyone watching too. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll do this again next week. All right, take care. Take care.